Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery, productivitybydesign.com, and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. So, this is the third in our mini series about decluttering your office, whether it's your home office or your corporate office. Some of you are going back again. Uh, In the first episode, we talked about your vision, your plan, why we need to declutter. In the second episode, we specifically focused on paperwork and how you go through your papers and make good decisions about them including um, some neat things I learned when I was studying to be a certified productive environment specialist, specifically tools like file act tossed, uh, information management questions, and the art of waste basketry. So I hope you'll go back and listen to session two if you're struggling with papers. Today is about really everything else in your office. I mean, when I'm working with my clients, the majority of folks are mostly struggling with papers. And sometimes they can't even tackle the papers first. They might do this whole series backwards and you might too. I found it was easier to tackle some other things in my office space first, such as books. So I am definitely someone who adores books. I still love the feel of a great paperback. But I found as I was going through my bookshelf that I had a lot of books that were no longer relevant. I used to have a corporate career in Wall Street. And a lot of Wall Street books that no longer made any sense to me. That's pretty rare that I get rid of a book and really wish I had it back. (laughs) The exception to this recently was I probably three or four years ago gave away all my books on sailing and I've gotten back into sailing. And I'm really disappointed that I don't have any of the books now. But it's interesting. I've gone online and I've been able to find multiple resources for what I need. And I don't really truly need those books. So. It's working out okay. So I'm giving you permission to give away books if that's where you want to start. We happen to have a local library that collects them for big book sale that happens every summer. So it's very easy for us. We can just drop them off. I am sure there are local organizations that'd be happy to have your books. You can also resell them if they're really super valuable. That's certainly an option for you. Other areas you could declutter. My arch nemesis is technology. I have a deep fear of letting go of any technological cord because I might need it someday. So to be very honest, I have two bins with literally random cords. However, there was a lot more than that before I decluttered. 
And I know that I could go through them again and get it down to one bin. So that's going to be my challenge this summer is to get from two bins of random technology cords to only one. Who's with me? Can you do it? Let's get rid of some of those old cords. Oh my goodness. I can't get over how they proliferate. Anyway, that is another thing you get rid of in your home office. Office supplies. So when I'm working with a corporate client, what we do is any excess office supplies that are in an individual's office, we take to a sort of centralized location in the office space so that other people can take them, use them, put them back in the office supply closet, whatever it might be. Make sure before you return office supplies to the general population that it's not a broken pen, one that's run out of ink. Make sure that stapler is still working. We really don't want to put broken things back into general circulation. If you're in your home office, this applies to the standpoint that if it's a supply you don't really need anymore, maybe you have a closet at home. Maybe you've got kids and they can use uh, the extra pens or pencils or paper. But it's definitely worthwhile to go through your office supplies and see what you have and get it organized. So in my closet, I have little red bins, red is my color, of various office supplies and they're all labeled. So I can know immediately if I've run out of computer ink because I go to the little drawer that holds computer ink and I open it up and I check to see if I have any. So if you get it all consolidated in one place, then you know where it is and you'll quickly discover that you have 700 more paper clips than you might really need. That would be me. While I'm on ink, which I jumped to paper clips, but let's stay with ink for a sec. Empty ink cartridges, you can actually return those to places like Staples, Office Max, etc. And they give you some kind of a credit towards a future ink purchase. They take care of the whole... I guess, recycling of the empty ink cartridges. But who doesn't love a coupon? So, hey, you know, get on that. Go return those. Pop them in an um, envelope. Put them in your car so that the next time you're at the office supply store, you can return them. What I try to do is, let's say my husband's picking up ink for me, which he did yesterday, which is awesome. I'll make sure that I hand him the empty ink cartridge. So one, he knows exactly what to buy. And two, he can turn it in so we can get coupons. Yay. All right. As you're going through things, you probably want to categorize. I would consider things like a donate, recycle, throw out, keep as your major categories. Sometimes it's really hard to make your categories sort of like too micromanaged. So if you can have them as large base categories, that's even better. I also like the category of things that go in other rooms. So here's what can happen, especially if you have ADHD. You go to take the kid's book that landed in your office into your kid's room. And then you notice that they haven't put their clothes away. And then you go and you put their clothes away. And then you notice that there are toys out and you get the idea, right? So if you have, like, let's say, a little box or a bin in your home office that's for the things that go in other rooms, you won't be distracted and won't be leaving this room. Well, you might anyway, but this is one way you can minimize that distraction. If you don't have kids to hand down office supplies to, you can donate them. There are places out there that will take office supplies and are very grateful for them. Let's see. I talked about random cables, old tech and software, old tech and software. I can't tell you how many uh, are they called CDs, DVDs. I can't even remember what they were called. Floppy disks, <laughs> I found 
in uh, my closet in a bin. And I went through those, figured out which of those software things I still needed and let them go. I had manuals to laptops I no longer have. I don't know about you. I'm finding that I'm having to update my technology in my office about every three to four years. So yeah, you don't need all those tech manuals. You don't need manuals for many things anymore. Most manuals are online. So take a quick look and see if you can get that manual online and that will help reduce all the physical manuals you've got floating around your home office. Another thought around your home office after you're doing all this decluttering is to set up kind of stations. So I had a client who liked the idea of being able to walk around her office. Uh, She had a headset she could use to do her various phone calls, but she liked the idea of not every single job in her office being seated at her desk. And so we set up a standing payment station and that's, and it had like a little notepad so she could take notes as she was taking orders. And also if she was walking around with her phone headset on and she was listening to calls, again, she could take notes standing up at that little station. So it was just very simple little workstation specifically for billing and for when she was making sales calls. Another station you can have in your office is a printing area. Uh, and possibly an area where you open your mail. Now, if you're working in a home office, frequently you're opening your mail in a more centralized location. So I had a client who has a mail system that as she comes in her front door, it's on her little table as she comes in. It's a very attractive box. And in that box are different file folders for bills to be paid, invitations, etc. So she has a way to quickly sort her mail as soon as she comes in the door. Next to it, there's also a trash can so that she can throw out or recycle. She can throw out any paperwork that she doesn't need immediately. I have a similar situation. Mine happens to be in my kitchen. That's where I like to open my mail. The downstairs area where we come in from the mailbox just doesn't make sense for us. So every person is very individual. And if you open your mail in your office, then it's great to have a mail area specifically for that so you know. One of the ways people will sort things like that also is a tickler file. And a tickler file has uh, categorized January to December. So 12 separate file folders, one for each month. And you can pop any invitations or to-dos or whatnot paperwork-wise into the tickler file. And then also a 1 to 31 for the days of the month. I tried to use a tickler file. It didn't work for me. I know people who swear by them and absolutely adore them and think they're the greatest thing since Cambier. For me, I bring in my invitations and those kinds of things, and I immediately put them into my Google Calendar with all the information. So for me, another piece of paper is just redundant, and I don't really want it flitting around. The exception to this would be like a nice wedding invitation, and I want to save it because it was my sister-in-law, that kind of thing. So that's another way you could organize um, some of your files and folders and whatnot on your desk. I personally am a sort of everything out. I talked about this with paperwork. I like to be able to see everything. So I need to know where it is. So my desk actually does have a container that holds pens, my tape, my stapler. I'm trying to think what else. A little container that holds clips. I like to be able to access everything and be able to touch it immediately. You might have a small desk and that might be difficult. And there's nothing wrong with having a desk drawer that has a tray with those kinds of items in it. For me, I like them out. I like to be able to access them very quickly and I don't tuck all that away. That being said, things that are larger, like file folders, uh, notebooks, all that kind of stuff, they are parked away in my closet 
out of the sight of you. The only notebook I have out on my desk is the one I'm working in right now, whatever that might be. I have another client who loves doing everything via notebooks, and she has four or five different notebooks for each kind of topic. And that's the way her mind works, and she loves it. And so she's got those three or four or five, I don't remember exactly how many there are, stacked on her desk. And I can tell you that like one has to do with a mastermind group she belongs to. So she's got all her mastermind groups notes in that. Another one has to do with coaching with me. (laughs) Yay, I get a notebook. And then another notebook I know is her to-do list. And I'm sure she has one for personal things she needs to do as well. That is a great way to organize your thoughts if you're trying to find a more physical planning kind of methodology. I do planning by having a physical calendar at my office. And I use little color-coded post-it notes to plan out anything because they're easy to move. I then take all that information and I drop it into my Google Calendar. Again, color-coded to match. So that's just me. I'm very online calendar-driven. If it's not on my online calendar, it doesn't happen. And that's just me. So everybody's different. If you're a paper planner or a paper calendar person, I think that's fantastic. That's definitely something that you should consider as being on your desk. Another thing I learned in the Productive Environment Institute is something called the magic six. And it's the six things you absolutely positively should have on your desk. Those are the six components for a productive office. So these are the things you'd want on your desktop. You would want an inbox and out box and a to be filed box. If you are um, right-handed, these would typically be going left to right. So you'd have your inbox on your left, your work area would be in the center and your outbox on your right. If you're right-handed, it's the opposite. You'd have your inbox on your left, whoops, on your right, <laughs> backwards hands, and your work area in the center and your outbox on the left. I personally have my inbox and my outbox together. I don't get slews of stuff into either one. And in the inbox, I have a to be file folder. So you can tweak this according to what works best with your mind. The other thing that works really well for people like me who are everything out kind of people, people who we call pilers as opposed to filers, is to have magazine file folders. And I corral like minded, I was going to say, similar papers for a category into those. So all my bookkeeping or financial stuff is in one of these magazine file holders. Anything to do with, say, marketing is in another. Uh, We have a home in Fenwick Island. I have another one for that. So it's just a different way to corral your paperwork. You know, what you want to do is think about if you're buying or looking around your house first for office tools is what tools work best for you. By the way, that Tickler file is out on my desk and I keep it out because I want to show it as an example of a great methodology for people who are more paper-oriented, who are also everything out. It's a great device for them. So those are the first ones, categories, the desktop tools. The next category, second category is to have a way to get rid of things. So you have a waste basket and a recycle bin and a shredder. If you have a company shredder down the hall, then you could just have a separate bin for papers that needed to be shredded. Say that six times faster. I personally don't keep a wastebasket in my office outside of the recycle bin. 
because I can walk down the hall to the kitchen and get my food and I don't want to throw wet food things away in my home office when it's that close to the kitchen. It's not just me, but in a traditional office space, it would not be unusual to have the wastebasket, the recycle, and a bin for shredding. The third thing is your calendar. Once again, my calendar is online, so it is not a, well, I do have a physical calendar, but it's not on my desk. It's hanging in my office space. Get a big calendar on your desk, a desktop calendar. Uh, A contact management system. In the old days, this would have been a Rolodex. Uh, My contact management system is online, and that's just what works best for me. I'm actually moving from active campaign to Google Workspace. So just so you know which kind of technology I'm using to do my contact database management. The next one is action files. And I think when I talked about filing paperwork, I talked about these. These are anything you're working on right now, current projects. You can sort them by date, by the person, by the project type, you name it. And then the last thing is reference files. And these reference files are anything that you need to look at once in a while, but not all the time. There are also archive files. I don't keep those in the Magic 6, nor do I keep them right in my office. My archive files actually go into bank boxes up in the attic. That way, they're out of my workspace. I think that is it on how to organize your office with all the other stuff outside of your paperwork. And I did, by going to Magic 6, I did talk a little bit about paperwork again. I will be happy to put some of this information and links and whatnot into the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed this mini series. I am considering running it as a challenge in a Facebook group. So I'd love to hear some feedback if that's something you'd be interested in doing. Of course, you can always reach me at callwithkatherine.com to have a 45-minute getting-to-know-you conversation. And I do hope that if you've enjoyed the podcast that you'll share it with your friends and uh, Take a moment to review it. Finally, I'm also really open to hearing what you would love to hear on the show. Who would you like to hear from? What expert would you like me to bring on the show as a guest? What topics would you like me to cover? I really can only be better knowing and hearing from you. So reach out to me again. That's callwithkatherine.com. I'd love to talk to you and get to know you better. Thanks so much for coming and visiting me here today and listening in at the Uncluttered Office podcast. I'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.